This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Pivotal Conversations. It's your host Kyle Trainall and on today's episode we have Dr. Jordan Shallow. I always get extremely excited when uh, I get to get Jordo back on the podcast. We flow really, really well. Um, I think it's because obviously we've got a pretty good friendship but uh, we always end up kind of I only asked him one question in this whole episode and the that just flowed on to what was a 60-minute episode. So uh, really excited to bring this episode to you guys. Um, what we go through on today's episode is really the philosophical insights or into creating long-term success in business, which I think... Um, you know, the, the episode name is Are You Here to Stay? And I think it's such a priceless Um, piece of information or a priceless message for any business owner is that a lot of the time we can get caught up in playing the short game or the short term or or kind of doing things for the short term which really for me is done out of a place or of, of fear rather than thriving in business which I think you know, the ability to thrive in business is really what brings you success. Um, and so in regards to like things like building a tribe, building your audience, I think Jordan's the guy you need to listen to. Um, he seems to be doing that and compounding that at the moment, you know, traveling the world. And, you know, I, again, I haven't heard someone or I haven't met someone to date that has a bad word to say about him. So um, I'm really excited for this episode to to, to launch and for you guys to hear it and we we definitely want to hear some feedback as well but um for you guys right i really think that you should be taking a listen to this if you do want to have long-term success in business which i think you know playing the long game in business is the only way that you can actually achieve that when you think you know when you think about the long game you no longer have to make short-term mistakes and i think that's such it's just a really really um pivotal message that i think this episode delivers um going in many different realms you know we kind of flow we talk about many different subjects but the overarching principle from this episode is um you know really how to achieve long long term success um so as always i hope you enjoy the episode um you know if, if you do enjoy the episode make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you can hear future episodes with uh many different experts and uh, many different topics in regards to owning a business in the health and fitness industry um and if it is something that you believe can be beneficial to other people make sure that you um share it like it comment uh support the podcast in any way that you can and we very much appreciate that Hope you enjoy the episode, guys, and I'll see you on the other side. What's up, man? We're sitting here in Bondi on a nice balcony, beautiful view after finishing Systems in Synergy on the weekend. And so number two that we've run together. Um, it's always a great weekend, man. Like, I, I think I, I'm lucky enough that I get to sit down and watch it all unfold. Like, I get a bit of a different perspective, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not sitting there and learning the whole time. There's, like, I tune in. Um, I got a lot of help <laughs> while I was sitting down and writing out an article the other day um, on the Sunday. But I get a different perspective, which is, is something I really enjoy. I like to see the way people learn, but I also see, like to see... Um, and watch you and the way you present and 
um, it's always a, a just an awesome weekend, uh, which is it's very fulfilling for me. What was your biggest takeaway from the weekend? And a follow on follow up question from that as well is kind of like, what, what do you think the biggest growth's been since you've been presenting so much, like on the journey, right, the last year? I think the answer to both of those is the same thing. I think a lot of like the way I help relay content or curriculum is is just by empowering people. Like, look, man, if you're going to take your Aussie day weekend off to sit in a hotel lobby and a sweaty, albeit awesome gym with me and Luke Tullock, like you're likely someone who's in a position of authority and doesn't realize it. And I think that's where a lot of people get, you know, they get conf- they conflate this notoriety, credibility axiom that, that social media sort of lays forth. Like the hierarchy is almost established by likes and followers and subscribers. And I understand that's true to a certain extent, but at the same time, it's like, one thing that I preach a lot and that was imparted onto me by a friend of mine named Joe DeFranco was like, be famous in your hometown. And it was in the process of doing that. And obviously like, you know, doing that in Windsor, Ontario, where I grew up and then doing that again, um, where I would have my practice, like go, go out of your way to go above and beyond and, and sort of overreach. And, and the way, like, I think the way it's evolved is the content is the content changes as you keep up with the research and things like that. And their opinions that you have to alter the way you, you relay your points. But I think what I'm he- I heavier, I put a heavier emphasis on like having people create their own ethos around the way they train. Um, cause I think it can be very, uh, it can be very easy to piggyback or dovetail off an idea. Like, you know, I like to think the stuff we put out is, is quite original and we do it in a, in a way that is, is sort of unapologetic and because we have the experience and we have the results and that's something we spoke about, um, as business questions started flying your way was, you know, being very results based in, in your approach and allowing that to be your evidence. Um, so I'm really just a lot of the change has been like letting go of the dogma and it's like, look, this is what we're teaching, but I don't want you guys to turn around. Like I want prescript to be synonymous with critical thinking period, right? Whether or not people, you know, they apply our methods or they really believe in the way we, you know, integrate mobility, stability, and strength. That's, that's fine. Find your own path. And I think that's something that has been with traveling. You start to see so many different methods at work where it's like, I'm just another kind of a blip on the radar and, and I'm lucky enough to have an audience in cities where I, where I teach. But a lot of it now is like, you really understand why people are showing up to these seminars. It's like, yeah, they want to learn, but they also want to learn how to teach. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's how we, we've staggered and tiered our, our curriculum with Prescript and our coaching model as well. Like, you know, level one, yeah, you can learn and, and digest the content or indulge in the content as you say, but you know, can you, can you apply it? And, and a lot of a application of this information is, can you then turn around and, and teach it or your version of it to someone effectively? Um, so that's something that we really try and focus on now in the past year, more so than just relaying the concepts is like maybe teaching people a, giving them the confidence to relay it and tell them that they are, they are someone who should be, should be in a position to start to empower those around them with some of the, their knowledge and they don't need to have, you know, a certain number of followers or anything like that. Like they have experience and they have the passion, you know, as, as laid forth by spending that kind of money, right? Like it's not a cheap weekend, you know, getting me and Luke in a room and sort of converging on this, on these, on these places in Sydney or in Melbourne or wherever we end up. So it's like, you know, you've invested in yourself now seek a return on this investment. And a lot of times it's just, they lack, 
they lack the confidence in their skill set. And it's the people who are humble enough to do that are usually the people that should be listened to, in my opinion. So that's mm. kind of been a major change. I think um, the, the Joe DeFranco thing where it's like becoming famous in your hometown, like if you actually look at what that is as a process, like it's like the only way you can get famous in your hometown is by results. Um, so it almost like goes hand in hand is like, you know, one of the things that I think, um, you know, and, and we like this, the, in, in, in social media, right. How like fame or, or status is, um, dictated by how many likes you get. Like, I think that's where a lot of us get caught up at, at certain stages. Like we can't, we kind of, you know, social media is such a great tool, but it can also be the devil at the same time because, you know, um, you can almost try to focus on that because you think that's going to be your greatest strength um, so much that you forget to roll well round or kind of sharpen your spear at the same time where you're continuing to understand certain concepts on just such a high level. Whereas like that's what gets the results, like focusing on what's internal within the business so the external doesn't outrun it, if that makes sense. Like that's something that I know with the mastery I focused on for so long was like how can I get this infrastructure like to just be like to, to generate its own power so that the people external want to be involved in it and it's like the results is what what really shows there like you know can like how do we structure a program or create the optimal environment for people to come in and grow and that will always take um hierarchy over marketing or like trying to get people in because like I think the thing that I realized was was like we're always trying to sharpen our spear and it's like the tool is always like all right and, and we to be honest like we sucked on it for so long like we just didn't place emphasis on social media at all um which was a mistake well not so much a mistake but it was like it wasn't the goal at the time but it also you know we could have done both at the same time and I think that's like really what we're what that solidifies is like becoming famous in your hometown is like a it's a process like it's like don't focus on your strength so much that you hone in on one particular thing like social media. So there's like, there's no steel on the walls in the background because it's a short lived, uh, it's a short lived career, right? Like it's like eventually it's going to come, you know, uh, falling down and, and you know, what really holds that up is that foundational knowledge across the board is that ability to kind of, uh, stand up when, when things are shaky, right? Like, cause that's what holds you up is that foundational knowledge across the board. Yeah. And I think that's where social media really, sh the way it should be looked at is, I mean, I look at social media in, in a similar way. And we spoke on this in the past, like social media is, it's almost like, it's almost like a stock market of, uh, of, of social capital. And if you look at the stock market and you look at what, what a value of a stock or a company or a, a publicly traded company is, it's trust, right? That's really what, that's how the market's influenced by sort of mass psychology. Mm. It's trust in the business and an ability to, to provide results, right? Mm. And that's your power. So I, I think, you know, if you're building up social media, social capital, you can be, you can be building up this social capital, but if you don't have trust, it's almost like, you know, the gold standard, going away from the gold standard, away from the hard currency. It's like, well, now you're, you're subject to an inflation of your results based off of, you know, uh, you, you can't provide on a return of the social capital you've accrued online. So I think, you know, you, I like that you caught yourself there when you said that, you know, maybe, maybe the social media for elite or the mastery program was, was a mistake. And then you said, no, it wasn't a mistake. Cause you, what you were doing, the power you were building was yeah. you were building the trust behind the results. 
right? So you were gold standardizing. And, and I mean that historically in context of the, the gold standard being the, the core basis of our currency and the way we trade and operate. Um, and, and I think from a business perspective, it's very much the same. It's like you need to, with results and in silence and in, you know, sometimes it's, 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 it's a really difficult process to do so without credit. And that's one thing I spoke about on the weekend was like, do things for experience, not for credit. Because mm. that experience builds you power, that experience builds you trust. And then when you, when you can start to trade, then, then as you start to rise and you're accruing of social capital, you can actually, you're not over-promising. Like you're just delivering on services rendered prior. Um, it's an interesting parallel we've been discussing like this whole weekend about, you know, the, the business concepts and the, and the physical concepts and how they seem to mirror each other quite well when done correctly. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, building trust is building off the backs of results and then leveraging that in social capital to generate revenue, I think is a big part of the business model in the fitness space. And I'm sure in any other industry. Yeah, I think like the, the thing that you just said there that started to really connect in my head was like that was the stock thing. It's like, you know, trust, like a, a company, you invest in a company because of trust and what builds trust, right? It's not just the perception of that, right? Like, you, you know, you can, like there's a lot of apps these days where you can go look at a stock and you can look at their cash flow. Like you get a real insight into the business, right? Because it's public. Uh, like you can literally search up their cash flow and see how much debt they've got, all of these types of things. And it's like, well, that's, there's so many different inputs to this. And I think that's a lesson that can be learned with social media, right? Is that don't post, like, I think like building a, a following is one thing, but also like the, like how that following gets a return is another, like, you know, the steel on the walls type stuff. Like it's, it's understanding that the following means nothing if the actions behind the following are doing absolutely nothing, right? right? Like it's like, and, and that's one thing that with the mastery I didn't want to do because like you hear a lot of stories about people trying to scale and it's like there was one thing that I had to keep reminding myself of was like, I'm doing this because I like to, like, I love to do it, you know, like, and I want to, I don't like see this business model as something that I ever want to give up. Like, I love doing what I'm doing. So then it's like, okay, well, if I've got a lot of time to do this, then I'm not in a rush to grow our social media following. Like, I'm more invested in the people in the program and making sure that they get results because I know that at the end of the day, that's what's going to hold up. Like, a following will come from the action and the, like the, 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 the stuff that we achieve internally. Like if I get people results, if we, you know, build a, a kind of build trust with them, then like eventually that compounds. It's like for every one person we come in and have success for, he's going to, you know, they're going to tell two. And then, you know, if one of every two comes in, then again, we, you know, the highest success rate we have building a program that's about getting the majority over the line, not just getting one person this great result, like that will compound over time. And, you know, like it, it really has, like I can kind of say that, you know, looking at where, where we started to where we are now, it's like, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to look back at that. Yeah. I mean, I almost draw the comparison to like playing cards, like playing poker and like, you know, utilizing these maybe visceral spike sort of, you know, uh, dopaminergic reward systems, very short-term thinking, you know, leveraging social media platform is like, it's almost like you're bluffing. And then that comes down to like the basis of like, you know, truth being the precursor to building trust, right? Like, cause you can bl look and we can go on our Instagram accounts right now or Facebook or what have you. And you can see a lot of people who are, you know, leveraging capital as a means of, of, 
you know, bluffing, right? They're, they're faking that trust because it's not really truthful. And you can do that for long enough. And you got deep enough pockets. Like, yeah, you'll make your million and, and you'll kind of skitter off into the background noise of the fitness industry. But if you're really, if you're trying to have impact over influence, I think starting with, starting with the truth to build trust is what you want to do. And it's a long game and it's hard because Instagram and, and Facebook, they sit there and they dangle this carrot, this, this golden ticket to the chocolate factory. Like you could have so much more reach. And it's like, yeah, you could, but you'll always be able to have that. Like that, that tool will always be there. That card will always be able to be played. Yeah, and like he's reached the goal, right? Like, right. You know what I mean? And like, that comes back to like, are you income over outcome? Like what's your basis? And I think you see, like, you see the people who are here to stay in the way they answer that question. Yeah, 100%. Like, and again, like, it is, is reach the goal. It's like, you know, you might not even be reaching the people that you want to reach. Yeah. yeah, like, it's like, and this is the thing with Instagram is, like, that's what I think, like, where, the, the, where it gets lost is, like, people are trying to build Instagram accounts but trying to, before they're trying to build businesses. Like, and it's like, yeah, that's just so fucking backwards. Like, because it's like, you've got this following and you see it so many times. Like, how many stories do you, you hear of, like, people that have massive followings but they don't know how to monetize it? It's because they haven't well-rounded or, you know, um, kind of created that foundational knowledge that actually allows them to do that. So then what ends up happening is they've got this Instagram account, they've got this massive following, but they don't know how to monetize it. And that worries them. Like, that's stressful for them because guess what? Like, they're putting so much effort in, but the return isn't there. So then what ends up happening is this short, lived game it's just like i'm always scrambling like i'm always coming up with the next like offer or program or like trying to do things right without and just to make money without having the steel on the walls first right like it's like don't be afraid to spend time in the trenches doing work for your clients and focusing on that because it compounds but i mean obviously in today's world where you know like in, in all honesty we're in a world of instant gratification like we did a a podcast on this not too long ago. It's like people want shit tomorrow. Like you know, we're in a we're in an age now where like you can get food dropped off at your door, Uber Eats, right? Like it's like everything is tr- being tried to make it's everything is kind of being made easier, right? And I think like the path to fulfillment isn't about being things being easier. It's about doing what you love, right? So that it like so there's there's no resistance, so that you can sit down and put in the work when it doesn't actually feel like work. Right. And I think that's an interesting thing. Like, I have a lot of friends who speak on this, like, you know, Albert Camus and, and the, and the interpretation, interpretation of Sisyphus and pushing the rock uphill, like, for no other reason that you can. And look, man, there's some people, and, and you start to see it as you go, like, some people don't want to, some people don't want to travel. Some people, like, public speaking scares them. Some people just want to take care of their people. It's like, all right, man, but that's your rock that you're pushing uphill. And a lot of people got it, like, they need to align their, their goals with their efforts. Because I think a lot of people put their efforts into something that yields them no return on their on their goals and what makes them fulfilled. Like, look, traveling's not for everyone. Like, I understand. Like, it, like you know, some people are like, hey, I'm totally cool. Like, just watching your Instagram stories, the thought of flying three times, four, five times a month stresses me the fuck out. And it's like mm. great, but make sure like you know, Instagram is a good adjunct for us as a marketing tool that sets that framework formula to an exponent. Yeah, right? and I think that's what a lot of people miss is like, look, if you can you can use this as a as a power like like to the power of x really like with the ability to scale if you have good systems but it's like you want to make sure that you're putting to power a large number or a very operable framework or or, or operating system or, or algorithm or, or, or um, formula 
So a lot of people like they, they don't have the formula and the formula is, is the business system or even the personal systems, which is something that, you know, I think for me and just getting off a podcast and discussing like time management and that, like in working with you f- shit for how like it's been, it feels like it's been a while because we've did it's them, probably been we, like a year and a half. Yeah. And it's, it's getting the formula, not even from a business perspective, right? Like I'm far from getting the business stuff good, uh, but I'm a lot better on the personal stuff. And like that's the awareness. Stuff I think the personal about. stuff allows for the business stuff. Like right. you know, uh, like often business gets looked at in a different light. Like I think especially in the fitness industry, like well, when you're initially in the fitness industry, we look at business as something that we have to run and take complete control of ourselves. Like everything has to be done by us. Um, and like you know, by managing your personal career, it usually means that you're managing your personal goals. And what you've soon come to find is that maximum output isn't dictated by um, what you can do, but it's, it's by what gets done, right? And that's the key is like understanding that maximum output in a business sense or even just in life is like, okay, understanding that sometimes if you want to grow, you have to give responsibility to other people, right? And this is the thing that I was going to say before is that often we you know, you said before, like some people don't want to travel, some people don't want to present, all of this stuff. And I think like it's really important that we don't make those decisions out of fear. Like, because when we make them out of fear, we're, we're limiting data collection. Like we're not even sure if that's, if it's the truth. Whereas doing things and experimenting and, and experiencing things firsthand allows you, it's almost like process of elimination. It's like, well, you know, I know most people that have like have talked in front of a, 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 a group or done some public speaking, they either know straight away whether it is something they like to do or whether it is something they don't, right? Which is fine, but making decisions out of fear doesn't allow you to actually get to a point where you can outsource, right? Because think about it, like if someone's fearful of having, like you, right? Like you were fearful of having an assistant. You're like, I don't want anyone touching my shit. And I'm like, cool, like just test it. Right. It's like because and then all of a sudden it's the best thing ever. It's like that's the problem with maximum output is intuition shouldn't be a dictator in it. Right. Like intuition isn't always right because we have biased lenses. So don't like my, my advice is like don't make decisions out of fear, like make decisions out of experience. And this is where like most people go wrong is they focus on their strength so much that they just miss so much data like they miss so much so then they're making decisions on what they believe is right but what they believe is right isn't the truth like the goal is experience as much as you can so you move closer to the truth that allows you to make better decisions right like that's why like people that have been in business for five years or longer make better fucking decisions just because they've experienced more like they they've they've experienced the trauma of making bad decisions right like it's like and, and I think that's where, it, that's another thing that like it can get lost in translation. It's like, it's it, like the decisions you make shouldn't be made on fear. They should be made on fulfillment. And the only way you know if something makes you fulfilled is if you experience it. And I think that's where it comes back down to like the human side again. Like you got to figure out the fulfillment piece, right? And that, that can be a hard question to answer in a lot of stages because like, when you dig down, they go, what do you want to do this for? It's like, well, I want to make money. It's like, well, why do you want to make money? So I can do this. Well, why do you need that? Right? Like uh, that's a bit of a rabbit hole. And that's, I think a lot of people, they, they circumvent that part of it. Mm-hmm. And so they're not actually chasing fulfillment because they're not really aware enough or conscious enough to be able to identify what makes them fulfilled. Yeah. Then when the going gets tough, it's like, what the fuck's the point of this? And they bail. It's like, yeah. all right, well, that's, that's something you've learned. You've ran into that wall. Now, you know, it's there. 
but you you know you don't quit the maze it's like sorry man there's no way out of this thing the only way out is through so it's like well back to the last safe mode you know starting point where this thing was operating and then you you got to take a hard look at yourself and be like all right what is it that when I hit that wall next, I'm going to either run through it or find my way around it? What yeah. would you need to be on the other side of that wall for me not to turn back? Yeah. And that's the, the, the sliding. So for me, like the integration or like fulfillment is hard because it's not just about business. Like it's, it's for like, for instance, the, uh, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but the analogy that I made with like mobility, stability, strength is like, I was playing with this the other day in my head and I was like it's like well for, for fulfillment it's like there's probably like 10 different inputs right like it's like you've got uh, health wealth um, f- like health wealth finance relationships like all these different inputs is where that sliding scale actually occurs right it's like you have to get all of these inputs in and finance is just one piece of the puzzle. Then it's like your career, right? Like all of these different inputs create that sliding scale. And I think that's, that's the hardest thing with fulfillment is like if you're not aware enough of what's going to bring you fulfillment, which is why I kind of, I really push like uh, mindfulness and, and I think like, you know, experiencing more of consciousness and, you know, being able to practice mindfulness and metacognition is what allows you to find what your truth is or at least get closer to your truth. Like every time you, you compound those skills, you get closer. You First of all, you collect more data, so then you get closer to what's actually going to bring you fulfillment, right? This is why, like, the more centered you can become or the more aware you can become, right, the, the easier it is for you to make decisions in alignment with what, you're, what you want. And, and, and that's the thing is that it's alignment that's the key, right? It's that alignment that allows you to have maximum output and and really like if we look at say like the things that are going to be resistant a lot of them exist in the mind right which is this is why intuition is is such a it's such a a great but also can be like a a kind of it could be that wall that we're talking about yeah i think it's hard too because so many people are are amplifying and projecting and, and putting on showcase what they want mm. that it can be hard to sift through the noise and actually realize what you want like a lot of people are just trying to emulate a model that seems to work for someone else that you know they they look up to or they follow or whatever like we're not meant to digest human interaction at the rate and frequency that we do like you know there's that saying back in the day like keeping up with the joneses as if like you're looking through your your neighbor's window but it's like well, someone who doesn't have a neighbor, but someone who has a social media platform, it's like, you know, that's an infinite window into, a, you know, an endless amount, a limitless amount of, of neighbors that it can, be, it can be hard to not lose yourself in, in comparing or, or, or even setting and aligning goals that, you know, subliminally or subconsciously are, are, are sort of through this social media inception placed into your mm-hmm. brain. Like, you know, unplug and, and and have some tough conversations with yourself and like you know there was a time where like i couldn't pay my phone bill so guess what man like i didn't have internet access so i didn't have that so it was easy for me because it was kind of forced on me like from a fulfillment standpoint because i didn't have you know the the siren song of curated you know curated f- lifestyles of people fulfilled online i was just like all right well i need to i need to sort this out I'm kind of in the dark and then when you come out of it like okay like you know, devoid of what I see, this is what I'm headed towards. And then the walls and the maze either start to fall or become easier to run through. Because, like, I think a lot of people get lost in the idea that once they sort that bit, that was the hard part. <laughs> like, no, man, 
that's just the start of it. Like that just gives you a bit of direction. And it's like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta have some horsepower. Like you gotta be able to like get through some tough bits. And the more I think you, well, you only know what the tough bits are if you have hell horsepower, right? Like right. it's the path of least resistance. It's not about like, it's, it's not about, um, you only know what the walls are if you reach them or yeah. like if you know what the resistance is like you got to you got to be able to see that right and and some you know sometimes it's like that can be the, the 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 like some people don't get to the wall right like they just they neglect it right like it's like they they'll just they'll deviate another way right and it's like the horsepower and the push and the willingness to get there is what actually allows you to see what the resistance is and and almost like in terms of fulfillment it's like well you know you'll know what you don't want to do by the willingness to do yeah and i think that like you know your willingness to go through these metaphorical walls is like it's you know when you when the clearer you've outlined whatever the goal is that makes you fulfilled the more adherent you are and the more willing and uh, to a certain degree, man, honestly, this might sound weird, but the more excited you get when you actually reach a wall, because a lot of times it's like, it's people who have very, I think they have a very vague outline of what their goals are, what makes them fulfilled for, you know, a lack of consciousness or a lack of awareness. Then it's like when they reach the wall, well, they kind of just meander off and they like, you know, they skitter off in infinite space, not knowing that like the wall is part of the path. And it's like, well, a lot of that comes and this is something we talked about in one of the changes actually you want to talk about start changes that go from like how to how is my output change or like my my outlook change and how is my presenting change it's like well, i'll teach now like um i teach a lot more on goal setting when it just comes to client programs like i'm not a business coach but you know i, I coach a lot of athletes and it's like if you don't get the, the psychology right with athletes you'll never the physiology doesn't even matter and i talk about like you know the the purpose of goal setting is to clearly outline the parameters of failure. So if I've if I make this maze myself and I begin to outline the, the the borders and boundaries and the jurisdiction of this maze by by the outcome, but you know on either side of the cliff edge, I that's failure and I know what that looks like. Then when I get to the wall, there's no going around because if if I if I go around rather than through, it's like well I failed. I know that because I was very clear on what failure was defined as. And a lot of people, when it comes to goal setting, they have these very you know I always I always use the smart goals you know specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time sensitive. And yeah, that's all well and good until you hit the wall, right? And th then employing tactics to sort of keep you keep you more adherent to what it is the parameters of failure are then that means like, look, when you hit the wall, it's like there's only one way to go, yeah. right? And then you, 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 you build borders and you put up necessary walls that you should get excited about when you hit them. It's just a factor that people don't take in. And goal setting is like, what, what does goal setting actually do? It's not this feel-good January 1st moment. No. It's this 11th hour moment. That's what you're really setting the goals for. It's like, you know, when the, when, when the cash flow doesn't come in or, for, you know, when the seminar gets canceled or yeah, when the exactly. clients drop or the coach or someone says something on the internet, it's like, all right, that's a wall. Where do you go? Yeah, and it gives you the next move, right? Like, that's what goal settings like. If you create, like, for instance, the wall is what happens when you know you're not in alignment, right? Because it's like if you were in alignment, it would have happened, right? Like, it would have gone ahead, right? And it might, and, and this is where people go wrong. Like, they reach a wall and they're like, ah, oh, turn around, back to the start. It's like, no, just like figure out a way to get through it, right? And, and it's the goal setting and the, the intricate goal setting that allows you to get through. 
right? It gives you that strategy. Like it's like when you have that goal setting, right? And you know that fulfills you, right? Or that you know that that's going to get you a step closer to fulfillment. It's like that's where the, the tenacity comes in. Like, you know, like tenacity is, is actually something that happens in the brain. It's like we have do- the do- desire dopamine circuit and then we have the tenacity, right? The control circuit that actually is what control is what fights against the dopamine, right? That, that ability to want more is what sometimes can allow you to work too hard in the wrong direction. Tenacity is what keeps you on the path that brings you most fulfilled. And that's the thing. Like one thing we kind of touched on is like, you know, in the fitness industry, there's also, you know, it's a testosterone driven, hormone driven um, industry. And, and like, you ever seen the movie Training Day? Yeah. Denzel? What a movie. Yeah. It's one of my favorites of all time. When he pulls him under the, when he pulls him under the bridge before he like gets him high on PC or after he gets him high on PCP, what does he, what does he say? What does he ask him? What's the question? Do you remember? No, nah, I can't he goes, remember. Are you a sheep or a wolf? And I feel like a lot of times the fitness industry is looked at in that way. Like, you know, you have these guys and because you were use the word tenacity, it kind of triggered this like and, and there's people out there who like very much run off that instant gratification, which would be more like the wolf. And then there's the sheep who just sort of follow along like, oh, game changers, I'm going pale, vegan or whatever the fuck it was. And it's like the way I look at it where we stand. And if you look at it historically, like, you know, I, I, I'm one of the authors I really like is Malcolm Gladwell. And he wrote, sort of wrote this like. Uh, his dissection and interpretation of the David and Goliath story. So the book is called David and Goliath. And, and something that always stuck with me, like it, he looked at David and Goliath through a different lens and realized that David wasn't the underdog, that maybe Goliath was the underdog, or at the very least, maybe it was an even playing field. And so back to the sheep and the wolf analogy. It's, it's, you know, it's an annoying thing that you'll see on like a motivation, hashtag motivation Monday quote or something, and there's like a wolf with bloody whatever. It's like, I think the goal, at least for me, is not to be a wolf or a sheep, but a shepherd. Because I think that's an integral third party that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I, the people I admire in the fitness industry, just in business in general, um, or just in life in general, they're that, they're shepherds. And it's like most people think of shepherd with like the old man Gandalf looking with the staff. First off, Gandalf's a bad motherfucker. Secondly, it's, it's, about, it's about knowing the way, it's about guiding. And like historically, like, yeah, wolves, lions, like they protect the herd and they know the way. So it's like that to me when I think of like, you know, we, we talk about, you know, stability and strength, shield and spear, like this idea of like, you know, sort of violence and silence kind of thing. It's like Yoda, man. Like it's yeah. like it's all these like guys that aren't the main superhero in the movie, but they're the ones showing the superhero how to how to defeat the villain. Like, you know, building a story brand is built on the hero's journey. And right. something you just said then is like, you know, it's not about, about being the superhero or being the villain. Yeah. It's about being the guide, yeah. right? The person who is the gives, shows the solution, right? Like, or gives them the way of thinking that allows them to solve problems continuously for the rest of their life. You know? Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, look, the whole sheep and the wolf thing, like, you'll always have that, right? Like, as long as there's promo codes and, and guys and girls running around without their clothes on, like, yeah, you'll have that, that you know... Um, follow the leader kind of mentality but like there is uh like and maybe it's becoming more aware to me or maybe the actual relative presence of people in the industry who are trying to lead um there is an ever-present growing demand for that third party to be recognized right like that shepherd because like you know the, sh- the shepherd historically would kill lions right like the shepherd is a, a very formidable force and the way he became formidable was through 
was through experience, right? Like being able to walk that path and have that path. Like the thing, it like Shepard knows that he's going to come across that. He doesn't avoid it. He goes through it, right? And it's just, it's just an interesting like thing that jogged my memory because it's like that's kind of what I advise people on. Like people, like a lot of students will come to me, and and they they see this as like a tenable lifestyle, and it's like you gotta have you got to have the path like you got to know or at least be willing to walk it and figure out where the walls are um but yeah it's just like you know most people when they think tenacity i think they they look at it from they they miss the point of being tenacious it's like you and your business when you hit a wall it's not about you anymore right it's about the people that you help and it's Mm -hmm. like that if that's not motivation then you're in the wrong business yeah the thing as well like like the man in the arena right like that's probably one of the most important things is it's the man in the arena. Um, and that's like, for me, that represents walking the path and not walking the path for the selfish endeavor, but walking for the path for the people that you're trying to teach. Like, um, you know, like <laughs> the example of it is, is that, you know, for, for me, it's like, I need to make mistakes or at least push hard enough to know what resistance is so that I learn the lesson from it because that's what I'm doing. Like I'm trying to guide people. So how can I guide people if I haven't walked the path? Like I'm just like, you know, and that's, that's like the man in the arena is about vulnerability. It's like about being the person who puts themselves in situations, right? Sticking their neck out um, no matter what the consequence so that you can learn lessons and, and gain experience. Like, that's the key because that with that comes wisdom like you know i often talk like with my my stepdad kevin ellis like or like i refer to him it's like you know i I love mindset right i love it but fuck do i have one tenth of the experience that he has right like this guy's been in you know working for the government for 40 years was in the army at the age of 16 it's like you know I, i learn a lot from him right because of the experiences he's put himself in. Like, you want to talk about putting your neck out, like, special ops. Like, he's been fucking kidnapped for, like, three, four days at a time. Like, it's fucking wild, right? But that's the thing. It's like, that's almost what the Marines, the Army, all of these guys do. It's like, stick your neck out and gain experience, and then, you know, you you work your way up the hierarchy only through experience. Like, you know, they don't put, like, a 16-year-old kid as lieutenant. Like, there's a reason for that. And, and, you know, that's something that I've learned is like, okay, well, I want to be a leader. Like, I know that I want to be a leader. So, for me to be a leader, I need to stick my neck out. Like, I need to, I need to lead the way. Like, I can't be pushing stuff about business or, or like, you know, trying to teach it if I'm not willing to push myself, if I'm not willing to go to the endangered paths, like the, the paths that no, no, nobody's willing to walk down. It's like, I'm fearless because of that reason. Because if I'm not, how can I truly sit here and guide people on the like on a path that I haven't walked, and there's so much to be learned to, from failure, whether it's you or someone else. Like, man, I, I I grew up in a town where it's it's pretty easy to fall into drugs and gangs. Like, we did an inventory. Me and a friend of mine is from like a real rough neighborhood, like a rough neighborhood in a rough neighborhood, like probably one of the hardest neighborhoods. Like, I think I've ever come across, um, like meth labs blowing up, that kind of stuff. And we did an inventory of kids our age within like you know a deviation of like three or four years up and down. And he's the only one who's not dead or in jail, right? But, like, he, he was afforded a lot of information really quickly about mistakes that people were making. And he chose to use that and become wise. As a, you know, he's, he never fell victim to any of the, the pitfalls. 
but it was still things he was able to learn. Like I had a close friend of mine a couple of years ago, like he ended up in a pretty bad way with drugs. And like, I thought it was the end of the road for him. And I remember watching as we were growing up, like someone I looked up to, but you know, he would do things that I saw the mistakes that he would make. And I learned from them like, and he's still to this day, like someone that I look up to, even though he's made all these mistakes, if not more so now, because he's made those mistakes. And I think what a lot of people miss is like they don't pay attention to people around them and the mistakes they make. And it's like, look, like if it happened to them, it could happen to you. Mm. Like there's, there's three or four blocks separating me from friends that are dead or in jail. And it was just what you do with those data points, what you do with that information, I think is everything. Like having an awareness of like, look, you can learn from everything. It doesn't just have to be personal experience. 100%. Um, man, I, and that's something that, like I was lucky enough because I, I fell into alcohol and drugs, man. Like, you know, I was, and, and you know what, man? Like for some people, uh, and I fuck that. Like I don't think it's okay for anyone, but it's like, you know, I, I just couldn't deal with it, man. Like, it drove me to a place I was, I fucking hated. And, you know, I wasn't bad, man, but it was just like, I, it wasn't me, right? And I was being, so, I could just tell that it wasn't me. And I fell into that. But the thing that I learned was from, it was from those experiences, but it was also from the people around me. Like, you know, it's it's like, I, I, I was luck, like lucky enough that at that point I was paying attention, Right, but I think that's the thing. Like we're talking about now, is like you know you can pay attention to so many, and this is like this is why experiencing more of consciousness is so important. Like the ability to shut off your mind and just pay attention to the people around you is where you get the most growth. Like I often say, like I'm pretty lucky. Like my knowledge on business compounds because I get to listen to sixty other people talk about business, like and look at their businesses, like. You know, that's that's what's so like that's why my, my like it's like boom, you know, every day of the week I'm I'm looking at my own business but also looking at other people's. It's that compound effect that, you know, it pr- just allows me to learn on top of learning, right? And I think, you know, you can do that about life by just paying more attention to the people around you. Yeah, I mean with your story, right? Like imagine if you weren't paying attention to the guy in your living room. Right? Like imagine if you weren't paying attention to this you're this random dude who just happened to like i i think in our conversation it's safe to say like likely one of the more influential people in your life and how many people have that resource available to them right that and, is, and you know what i i could have not like i didn't pay attention to him for a year and a half like i had this fucking guy who was like the hands down still the most impressive person i've met and he was sitting on my lounge room and I just didn't fucking pay attention, right? Like, and I just didn't, like, give him the time of day. I didn't look at the way he carried himself, like, and it was right in front of me. And, like, you know, only through trauma did I actually turn to him, you know? And I think, like, fuck. Well, and I think it starts with you, though, right? Like, you didn't pay attention to him because you weren't even paying attention to yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not, you know, if you're fucking getting off your head, like, the guy in the living room is a moot point. If you've got a fucking banger headache and you've been time went on for three days straight <laughs> but i think that well that's the hard part right like and that's where people got to figure out it's like okay you can hear this and go okay you can read books and, and derive wisdom from books and mistakes made throughout history or you can you can listen to the guy on your fucking living room couch but like if you don't listen to yourself first it's like well you're not really going to hear what everyone else is saying right and that's it's hard because i think people circumvent the core issue 
which is actually like taking a hard look at themselves, right? And paying attention to themselves first. They try and they try and they hide it and they bury it in books. And, they, and it's like, you'll never really be able to impart that wisdom or be able to apply that wisdom you read from books from people you listen to if you're not sitting on like a, a stable base, like if you don't have an awareness within yourself first. But it's only wisdom if you digest it, right? Like the one thing that I do know is that you can't listen while you're projecting. Like you can't listen while you're talking. Like it's just, it's not, it's, it's impossible, right? So it's like if you're reading books but the whole time you're projecting or you're mo- you can't shut your mind off or you can't even sit there and listen to, your own, to, to yourself, right, and deal with the stuff that you're suppressing, you're only ever projecting, which means that the knowledge that you're taking in doesn't actually become wisdom because you're not experiencing it. You're not going and experimenting because you have the inability to listen. Right, because all you're doing is projecting, right, and that's the thing that we have to look at most is that, you know, you got to listen to yourself. Like, if you're constantly complaining and you're constantly projecting and you're constantly putting other people down, there is no fucking way you can work on yourself because it's unconscious. You're neglecting yourself, right, and that's what most people do. Most people go through life neglecting themselves, and I'm not talking about the voice in your head. Right, because the voice in your head is deterministic. I'm talking about the pull towards fulfillment, the the the, the ability to go within, right, and understand, right, not just fucking listen to, like filter the 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 voices, filter the thoughts, right. That's the key because unless you do that, right, you're unconsciously list, you're unconsciously unconsciously listening to the voice inside your head, right, which means that. No matter anything that's trying to input, which is experience, it's it doesn't get digested, right? Like we often talk about it. It's like, what do I say at the start of the seminar? Indulge. But like the reality is, is that there's going to be some people that don't indulge, right? It's like that's that because they haven't done that yet, and and that's what what really truly can project your career. Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on something that's really interesting to me and something that I talk about in a rehab or sports performance setting is language, right? Like being mindful of the words you use, Mm -hmm. right? And like how that has an effect, like this inception effect of putting ideas into your heads or or the heads of the clients or your your patients or whatever. And like that's something that I harp on and and I try and bring it to a more metaphysical worldly approach. Like, you know, the words you use make matter, right? Like... Yeah, you can sit around and talk shit. Like, I can talk shit with the best of them. Like, I can verbally dismantle someone if I wanted to. I don't have the time. And I don't really care to either. Like, I don't need that in my head. Like, it's just... Or in, in discussing yourself and your own business. Like, I think a lot of people suffer from... And this is, you know, Paulo Need. Paulo Need, this is the concept I got from him. And he's someone that I increasingly go to um, as he sort of goes through his his path is... You know, this idea of negative self-talk, like whether it's training or whether it's relationship for careers or finance or stuff like that. It's like, look, man, like you get to choose kind of what goes in. You get to filter what goes in. And, and a lot of it is, is, is governed by what comes out. So it's like that's something that I've been super mindful of lately. Is like, because I used to fire off the mouth and just say whatever the fuck I want. And I still do that to a certain degree. Like a lot of that's like hardwired into the personality. But there's there's times where watching your words is is whether regardless of who you're talking to but i think most importantly with yourself when you're kind of having those conversations like first be aware enough to have the conversation Mm. but secondly understand that above all else your words matter when you're addressing yourself well i think that's probably something that you've collected from presenting as well right it's like as a coach man it's like 
this is the whole thing is like if you're the words you use and you're supp- and like if you're suppressing feelings and emotions and not dealing with them then there's a fair chance that you're projecting that to the world which is exactly what you attract so you've got to really ask yourself as a coach that if your clients aren't adhering to the program or they're not there's no adherence to what you're saying like that's usually a reflection of because you're saying and not doing right, right? like and that comes out in the way you coach someone like People know if you're authentic and they know if you're truthful because, like, the language you use comes out unconsciously. Like, you can either talk, right, and truly change someone's life by talking from experience, right? Like, that projection usually comes out. That negative self-talk will come out. Like, you can only talk shit and fake for so long, right? It comes out, yeah. right? And it's that, it, the fact that it comes out as, as a coach, this is why if you're not living by what you say or you're trying, like, I often say this, is like, fuck, if you're running a business, a PT business, and you're giving out nutrition plans, you fucking better hope that you're running a budget. Do not tell your clients to follow a nutrition plan if you're not tracking your fucking finances to every single dollar, right? That's the key. It's like you can't truly do that as an individual. Like you just can't, right? Well, that's the word, truly, right? Because it's not true. And I I think that's that's when you come to like watching your words. And it's like I I think sometimes on the flip side of that, there's a truth in saying nothing. Like when you talk about... I mean, we're to the point now where we're we're under the microscope a little bit in the education space because we're kind of coming up and there are other people in the education space, and I'm not going to name names, who will go through this negative talk about us. And I think there's such a value in saying nothing. Like, yeah, I could, I could go on social media and just rip these people apart. Like, I'll put the resume up, but it's like I'm too busy doing stuff that matters. And I think, you know, like you said, it's hard to digest wisdom while you're always talking. And I think there's times where, look, it's difficult because people come to us for advice. And the way we, we relay that advice is through talking, you know. But you talked about this, this, this compounding effect of getting to a dissect 60 businesses a week. Well, I get to dissect, you know, the, the applied biomechanics of, you know, 40, 50 coaches a weekend and their com- compound experience of their clients and, and, their, um, and, and their athletes or their patients. So it's like know when to shut up. And I think the only time you ever you ever feel the need to talk about someone else is when you feel vulnerable yourself, right? So it's like, again, there's, there's, there's so much power in not talking at all because what it means is that you're not vulnerable. Like, that's where the steel, that's where the steel is in the walls. Yeah. Like, that's where you know you've put in the yards because it's like, yeah, well, good, talk shit. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm fucking fine with where I'm sitting right now. I'm fucking fine with what I'm putting out. I'm fine with what I'm doing, right? And I think, you know, that, that just only comes through experience through being able like and and you know again like this is why you focus on the people that you have inside your business not outside your business like marketing is important we fucking understand that but like don't let that outrun the internal because you learn so much about the internal like who do you get to spend the most time with them they're the ones who allow you to build better systems they're the one who will actually allow you to understand how to market to the outside world but uh, i think that just gets you know that's like that gets lost in translation yeah i mean it's it's tough again like i think it comes down to we're not meant to digest social interaction at the frequency and rate that we do we're forced to so we need to either limit or put in perspective these interactions that we have because like the, the way for that 
the ease in which that seeps its way into your subconscious, I think a lot of people don't really realize that how infiltrative like that medium can be. And like you said, it's like it's a good tool, but it comes a better master. Filter your inputs for maximum output. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, we're going to finish there, man. Um, these conversations seem to absolutely just flow. Like I, th- I don't know how long that was, but we asked one question and we got... <laughs> A, a, you know, a, a kind of awesome episode out. So, um, just want to say big thanks for coming on the show. Um, big thanks for the weekend as well. Like, I'm truly grateful to to put something like that on. Like, I I'm the lucky one um, in all of this, uh, and you know, I, I know the students really loved it as well. So, just wanted to put that out there um, to the world. And uh, big thanks for coming on, and good luck for the another big 2020. Yeah, man. Thanks for everything. Appreciate it.